Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 262 of the Ask Gary V Show. And I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, Ryan Holiday is in the house. Uh, I know that a lot of you are humongous fans of this man's work. I've, I've seen his name pop up now for, feels like about a half a decade. Uh, I, I like saying that instead of five years, I'm not sure why. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I like, you know, it's like it's like Jake just said, we'll be ready in 90 seconds instead of a minute and a half. It sounded shorter. By the way, for the record, Jake took a lot longer than that. But here we are, we're finally live, 262. It's a uh, Monday gloomy in New York. Uh, the New York Jets just lost Quincy Nunwa for the season. He was our only offensive weapon. Though Blau Pal, there, there's some other little pieces. ASJ looks decent, but like the Jets are well on their way to a historically bad offensive season, so that will be fun to talk about through the fall as we are now in August, which means it's October. That's how I basically think about August, because August is kind of weird, you kind of come back, it's really September, you know, it's never September 1st, because Labor Day is always later, it's just, it's it's October, Andy, and so we have a lot to do. Uh, But Ryan, why don't you say hi to the Vayner Nation, and for the couple of them that don't know who you are, what is the uh, kind of three minute, two minute bio? All right, I'm Ryan. Um, so I've written a bunch of books, six books, 30. So six books before I was 30. Dropped out of college at 19. Uh, worked for Robert Greene, who wrote The 48 Laws of Power. Worked for Tucker Max, who wrote I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. By 21, 22, I was a director of marketing at American Apparel, which is at one point the largest fashion brand in the United States. And then I started a company that's worked with authors like Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, um, Cole Lappin, um, dozens of New York Times bestsellers, millions of books, uh, and then I just work on cool projects now that I like. And that company? Brass Check. Brass Check. Yeah, I don't say the name because I actually don't really want any clients, but uh, that's the name. So you prefer no clients? No, no, I prefer... Picking your clients. I prefer not to have incoming business, only... Because uh, you don't want the emails that say, this is the book? You'd like to be more selective? Yeah, I think... It, You're it, trying it, to control the top of the funnel. It, top of the funnel, and um, I think as you see with with VaynerMedia, it is uh, a lot of work to scale an agency. <laughs> and uh, what I really love doing is writing. So I want to work on projects that I want to work on. So if I feel like spending the next three days writing something, I don't have anyone I have to answer to. When did you realize you liked writing? I don't know. Uh, I, I wasn't one of those kids that like always wanted to write. I think I fell in love with books. And it wasn't until I met Robert Greene that I realized like you could make a living doing what he was doing. That you could, you could be a nerd about history and philosophy and all these things. And, and that you didn't have to be a starving academic you could reach millions of people. You know, Robert Greene's books are so popular, they're actually banned in most federal prisons because they think that it makes prisoners too violent and gives them too many ideas about how to be powerful. Right. So I just, and, and you know, like 50, he wrote a book with 50 Cent and he, he that's the life that I, I, wanna, I wanna make things that have impact, but also are the things that I'm fascinated by. So and I, how's that going? It's going great, I mean, uh, you know, uh, in 2014, I wrote this book called The Obstacles of the Way, which the New England Patriots read on their way to. 
you know, you're about to end this interview very, 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 very quickly. I know. I'm sorry. I know. We, I'm very I can sorry. see. I can see your head working here. I know you've land. You've landed this sentence with purpose. I just want you to know that I'm willing to end the sentence with purpose. I'll take I'm a funny it. character. I'll take it. I'll take okay. It. So, maybe we, maybe we can use a different example. Well, Other teams have enjoyed this book. I know of this. Yes. Let's so say let's the use Seattle Seahawks. There we go. I like Pete Carroll, former Jets head coach. Yes, that's true. Uh, also former Patriots coach, though. That's true, but he was <laughs> terrible in New England, so I prefer that. So, so I wrote this book about ancient philosophy that yes. somehow became a Bible in professional sports. Yes. Uh, which is... That that's just amazing to me. I just love it. I, I love I love being able to take something that I'm interested in, uh, that I'm fascinated with, that I could nerd out about all day, and translate it and bring it to an audience that wouldn't think they're interested in that And in thing. that form, do you think of yourself as a translator, as a DJ, as somebody who synthesizes? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we're all doing, right? There's no new ideas, right? Nope. Every, everything was said by Aristotle or the, the Romans or the Greeks, and I want to take, take those ideas and present them in a new way. And I think, I think there's an immense amount of value and not a lot of competition in people who make connections between two. So it's not just translating one old idea in a new way, but taking two old ideas and combining them together into a new idea. I think that's very important. I like that. So what's, what's uh, obviously, you know, before we started this, you gave me a little insight into a book you're working on, but let's shelve that for a second. Okay. Oh, shelve that, I like that. Uh, what, if you were like to, what's, what's I'm, I'm very interested in people's pulse on culture and like life and, and themes. Like what's, what's, what's got your attention right now uh, in the world? Is it like slime selling on Instagram like it is for Kastner over here? Uh, you know, is it the Jets' historically bad offense? Like, what, what's what's on your mind? My answer is going to be weird. Go ahead. But I spent the last two weeks repairing fences on the ranch that I live on. So I've been thinking nothing about, I've been thinking about nothing that's going on in the world except for how to hang barbed wire and prevent cows from escaping. And how did that go? You know what, I, what I've loved, this is what I was thinking about, is that, like I didn't check social media in this time. Yeah. I was I was totally I was focused on adults. Uh, yes, and 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 that this was the opposite of the work that I normally do, and yes. was incredibly fulfilling and satisfying. It was super narrow, right? Yes. Very binary, like kind of hand, like just very hands on. And and I was telling someone it was like it doesn't it doesn't require you to be smart. It just required you to be tough and disciplined. and disciplined, right? Yes. Like. You can learn how to do it in two seconds, but then you got to go in and get scratched up and be out in the Texas heat and do all this stuff. So I'm I'm interested in I think we're going to see a I think social media is clearly here to stay. But then also this you, mean, I, you feel the full digital emergence is going to allow us to get excited about these kind of tasks yes. as an outlet to balance of the full 24 seven on, 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 on world. Yes, and I also think millennials, especially, are going to be the first generation to really tire of these things and go yes. back and right. find some. That, like what I'm doing is both absurd and totally financially a drain. Right to own cows is like the worst business in the world. Yes, uh, but but you love cows. I don't love cows. I mean, I love the land and being outside and doing all that. But I'm just saying, there it's it's romanticizing the past, right? Like. My yeah. parents and grandparents and their journey, they were like, I just got it. Like, if you think about the 
America two generations before they're like, I gotta get off this fucking farm. Right. Like, I wanna get, get on the farm. <laughs> yeah, I wanna but get on the But farm. you know what's so funny about that? I think that's like, that's always the advice when I give, when somebody's trying to think up something, it's always pulling in the opposite direction of the current fast trend. Yes. Right? Like Snapchat's restrictions were a great answer to Twitter and Facebook's openness, right? Mm-hmm. So like, that makes a ton of sense to me. And as a matter of fact, I actually see it in a similar way with a slightly interesting twist. I'm fascinated that so many people are doing real life stuff only to then take the picture and use it as the PR. Like people are literally hiking this weekend just for the shot to put on Instagram, but it's forcing them to do old school shit. Yes, yes, because no one wants to see another shot of your dinner because that happened. if it is if it is a shot of your dinner, you better have cooked it and shown us the whole process of you doing it and why you did it and all of that. People people We'd rather the, see somebody pull out carrots from the ground right now than the finished carrot glazed dish. Yeah, it's for it, we're just exhausted with the same scenes we've seen Always over and over supply again. Supply and demand mm-hmm. of attention. Andy, let's get some phone calls going in here. Uh, Ryan, so many of the people that are watching that are in the digital marketing space know you for your awesome abilities in this world. Uh, what's, you know, have you kept up with the ability of being good at digital marketing? Like, do you feel like that's always in your mindset or how do you think about that world, growth hacking, things of that nature? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all I think about, especially because I, I have to eat my own dog food, right? If I don't know how to market, my books don't sell, my products don't sell, yes. you know, so... Definitely. And, and actually, I think this goes to your point, though. I think from a marketing standpoint, people tend to, th- it's like, oh, everyone's on Snapchat. I got to go on Snapchat. Right. And, and I think there's a huge mover advantage. If you're the first on a platform, you can rake up a lot of gains. And then I see people get in these sort of wars of attrition instead of trying to do the thing that no one else is doing. I totally agree. Like, like it's probably, ne- it's, you know, I've been spending a ton of time thinking about email mm-hmm. because email's not dead. And nobody in the best minds tend to not be spending their time on it. When the thing about email is nobody owns email, right? So there's no network Correct. saying, how do we monetize Hello? that? Hello, how are you? This is Gary Vee and you're on the Ask Gary Vee Show with Ryan Holiday. Shut the heck up. That's you, so awesome. Haley. Hi, Ryan. You, hi, Gary. You have done it. Where are you from and what's your question? <laughs> um, I, uh, I live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Beautiful. And I'm um, an artist. And so... I just started being a full-time artist this summer. I do like illustrations and watercolors. Yep. And so, um, we're I guess, watching. We're watching your. Even, we're watching your pineapple and flowers right now. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, that's just some quick stuff I've done. Don't worry. But, don't hedge. Do not hedge. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Okay. I can't do it. Keep going. What's your question? Yeah, I'm trying to think even what question I exactly asked, but I guess what I wanted to know was. Um, how, so right now, like I have a lot of clients that are just like commission based and it takes a lot of time and I'm trying to get to the point where I can like make this more sustainable than spending all my time, um, right. You don't want, you don't want clients. You want to get to a place where people want to buy your shit for a lot of money. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you're for, you get the first swing at this. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> well first off, I would think Let's about... The I would think about charging... Way, if you're doing stuff on commission, that should be incredibly expensive. And then that way, the stuff mm-hmm. that's not on commission can be more can be cheaper, but then scale more. So I, I've, I'm always... If, if it's just going to be you, if you're not trying to build this huge organization around you, you 
you want to be exclusive and you want there to be value in that exclusivity. So that's how I would think about it. Hey, I think that Ryan's making an interesting point. I'll, I'll, I'll tweak on it. Have you continuously charged more every time you got a new client? I've been trying to lately, but I've kind of like, I'm also at the, it's kind of scary. Like the point I'm at, I feel like I, I don't know if I have enough client base to move up further than I am right now. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, it's been a hobby. So I used to do fashion design. So it's been kind of a hobby on the side for uh, probably about five years. I've been doing stuff for clients. And then just this year, I've started to raise prices like very slowly. And so, and how often, how many hours a day are you spending um, on this? Quite a bit. I mean, probably half the day every day. What's half least. the day by your definition? Um, probably eight, eight hours. Is you, does, is you painting, right? Right. And what's yeah. happening with the other 16 hours in your day? <laughs> um, I have another part-time job. Good. And then I guess, um, I guess I get, I suppose I get sidetracked with social media as well. Um, <laughs> Respect. Thanks for the honesty. <laughs> So instead of building fences, you're just going through your feed. Yeah, and then um, I think I also get sidetracked trying to figure out what avenue to go towards. And avenues, like maybe avenues, avenues as gateways to new clients. Right. Yeah. Have you made? Have you things. have you made uh, spec pieces for people with big social followings and just sent it to them as gifts or DM them or have you gone down that route? That has been a real good hack for a lot of artists. I mean, every time I get something, I throw it on the back here. Like, has that been part of the equation? Not every time, one every 10 times, back to why it's hard. Have you, have, has that been part of your equation? It's been a little bit. I actually did that with Pat Flynn earlier this year and I, I went to him and painted him a mural. Um, but I've had good luck with that, but I'm finding a hard time I guess now that you've pointed out that I have a lot of extra hours, I could do more. Well, look, if you're having, I think the other thing I find is like, people are like, oh, I'm having luck with that. And then they don't go all in <laughs> yes. on the strategy, right? right. It's like, if it's right. working yeah. and you want to grow your business, do more of the stuff that's working. I love you so much, Rai, for that. Literally, if I was a painter, I would only paint influencers on Instagram and DM people. Literally, I would wake up in the morning at 7 a.m., DM until I got blocked yeah. from people like that set that, and I'd probably create like 11 accounts to continue to DM and would say, hey, you know, you know, you know, hey, Jake, Ben Ruby, you know, I like your style. Can I make a piece for you? And literally do that. And it's great that Kastner's here because he was with me when I was in the early days of digital where it was exciting for me to sit and cold email, DM, create forum names and become part of a community to bring awareness to something that I was willing to over deliver on, right? And so mm -hmm. like I think you should spend two hours DMing people and saying I'd like to make a piece of art for you, right? Make your time uh -huh. in your feed and social media worthwhile. Hit the explore feed, click things that are interesting right. to you, see people that have big followings, and then DM them and say, I'd love to make a piece for you, right? And then one out of every two will feature it and one out of every two will just hang it without anybody seeing it, right? And, and you do a thing that most people don't do, right? Most of the people online are like, hey, can I write an article about you? Can I have you on my podcast? All this thing that takes time from them. You're making a physical mm -hmm. product. Like how many people have paintings that someone 
someone made for them unsolicited. Right. It's there because you don't get a lot Correct. of paintings. Correct. And uh, you know who else? I, um, Mark, oh. Echo, Mark Echo, who we both know, yep. he literally launched Echo Industries, which became a billion-dollar company by making uh, swag for people in hip-hop. He made a, he made a jacket for... Uh, Spike Lee yep. uh, about Mal- Malcolm X. Yep. I actually t- I talk about this story in my book Perennial Seller, but he talks <laughs> about it in Unlabel. About, he calls them swag bombs, and he would make amazing stuff for people and send it to them. And this airbrush jacket launched a 20-year relationship that he has <laughs> with Spike Lee. Haley, listen. Influencers uh-huh. on Instagram are underpriced by their attention. Somebody that mm-hmm. you make a painting for that has a million followers still thinks it's cool for now that you made a painting for them and they are gonna post it on their account and that is gonna bring you disproportionate awareness. I highly recommend you going deep on this strategy uh, by business developing for people to, don't do it on spec and send it to them and then you know, DRock takes it home. You know, actually figure out if they're interested by it and then, and then they actually uh, showcase it. And I would rent to, Ryan hit the, <laughs> I've been having luck with this and not doing anything with it. Like the one thing my team will tell you, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are here, as soon, and I know you mm-hmm. do this too, as soon as we see something works, I squeeze the living fuck out of that thing until it doesn't work no more. Okay. Got it? All right. Good. Good call, yeah. Thank it. you, good call, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can get the next one, uh, Andy. Right, it's such a good point, right? Like isn't that the point, right? Like I think one of the things that, has always been interesting about me is I love the unscalable, Mm -hmm. so much so that I think, ironically, what doesn't make me best in class in growth a lot of times has been I don't pass it on to the scalable technology thing because I love the dirt so much. For me, I watch everybody in the other way. That, you know, like, yeah. they're always- I mean, When I sit down with clients, my, my first question is always, what, where are most of your clients coming from? And then they're like this, and then I go, so let's do more of that. And they're like, thank you, this is such a great idea. And it's like, you were literally already doing this, but I'm just gonna talk to you about how we can double down or put more resources behind it or whatever. So here's something people don't realize. In the CPG world, like the de- deodorant, shampoo, soda, it's all heavy users. Yeah. Like 10% of the users drive the entire business. So if you quadruple down on that base and get one more incremental. Hello, this is Donald speaking. Donald, this is Gary Vee and you're in the Ask Gary Vee Show with Ryan Holiday. Oh my God, I'm sitting here cooking eggs in my kitchen. I'm watching it live. Well, thanks, man. (laughs) How are you? We're great. Where are you from? Sarasota, Florida. Love it. What's your question, my man? I don't really have a question, man. I just wanted to tell you, I just, uh, you're a huge inspiration to me. Um, My family, I'm in the family business of dry cleaning. Um, My parents came down from New York in 89 to Sarasota and kind of built this thing from the ground up. About five years ago, I started to uh, build like a free pickup and delivery service on the side of our, of uh, as an extra added service to our business. And um, I don't know, I just it starts zero. This year, we're going to break seven hundred thousand. And just wanted to let you know, man, you're just a huge inspiration to the hustle, and uh, just really appreciate everything. That's very, very kind. Can you say something nice about Ryan? <laughs> Ryan seems like a great guy. I don't. <laughs> He's, he's really good looking, a great guy. Listen, thank you so much for calling, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's good, Andy. I like this strategy. More of those. Just random phone calls of compliments. And then we don't have to do anything. perfect. Yeah, exactly. 
No worries. I, I know. Don't worry. You have to def- you've done a good job up to this point. I, I wasn't joking, actually. Let's do more compliment calls. Ryan, what uh, what about uh, what was the first breakthrough hack or growth or thing that happened in your kind of career as a teenager or young man or like what was one of the, your favorite like tripling down on something or discoveries? You know, uh, Eric Kastner again. I love referencing him. He helped me build uh, uh, WineLibrary.com along with John Kay and. We were hacking me, AJ, and him one summer. Uh, we created a site called TagMy for my. It was a MySpace tool, and we we're making all our money in AdSense. And by accident, we would post on celebrities' walls sure. a link out to us, and we do it by hand. By accident, AJ left one of the in the H A ref H ref right. He left the cat. What is it? The carrot like the yeah, bracket. the bracket out right. when he control copied by accident. What it did on MySpace was. It made our post, which usually you would post, but then a million people would post on Justin Timberlake's wall and you get pushed to the bottom. For some reason, when AJ posted this without that bracket, it got stuck above the wall and, and was stuck for like an hour as the top post and it exploded our site. It's always one of my favorite moments in the history of me being like, it was just super funny. How about for you, real quick, before we get to know Merch Call? Isn't it interesting, we forget how quickly that, like, MySpace basically disappeared because it was so shittily made. Correct. Do you know what I mean? And that Facebook was just flawless, and that's why it won. And it was funny, everybody's reaction to Facebook was like, wait, I can't customize my wall? Like, this sucks. That's why you can't customize your wall, because shit breaks all the time. That's right. when, when I was in America Apparel, one of the strategies we sort of figured out very early on was, okay, if you're boring, you have to pay a lot of money to get your advertisements in front of a lot of people, yes. right? And that's why banks spend billions of dollars on advertising. Yes. even insurance companies. If, exactly. Yes. So if you're boring, you pay a lot. Yes. If you're interesting or provocative or you piss people off, you get tons of attention, and those same ads that you would normally have to pay to get people in front of, the media will report about and write about for free. Right. And so the idea was, if we're let's say we're going to spend ten thousand dollars on advertising on this thing. Well, how can we do it in such a way that it creates a news story or creates attention in and of itself? So I think people are always in, people are there's what I what I figured out is there's basically two ways to advertise. One is direct response, which is very boring and all about conversion. And you got to know that. Yep. And and Math. exactly. And you can pretty much outsource that too. Like, this is what I want. This is what I'm willing to spend. Someone does that. And then the CEO or the leadership of the company, because you can't have someone making these decisions for you. What are we willing to do? What are we willing to say? What statements are we willing to make? And that's what can catapult you from a tiny company to American Apparel was a $600 million company, but it had the profile of a $6 billion company because we took risks, we took stands. Um, and we did things that other brands were afraid to do. You could argue that it had some consequences for other reasons, and we won't get into that, but I think people... The spirit of it's right. I mean, the humans behind it can create vulnerabilities, and you got, you know, it's why controlled chaos is always so powerful. Right. If you have somebody that has that artistic practicality. Right, right, yeah. You look at someone like Trump, right? It good Politically, you know, whether you agree with him politically or not, he, he's, by saying the things that other people are afraid to say, he gets way more attention than they do and he reaches people that they're unable to reach. Supply and demand of infor- like attention and information, like the norms. The media wants to write about things. People don't realize this. The media has an insatiable appetite, and if you make yourself appetizing, they'll they'll jump all over you. For sure. And what's interesting is 
in traditional PR, there was a gatekeeper of that, but now the people that are interesting can go direct to consumer at scale. You can write, you can announce your own campaign on Medium, and if it's provocative and interesting, you've got a shot. Yeah. Looks like Jovan fucked up. Let's move on. Um, Oh, is this Siobhan calling back? Let's see. I don't know, is it ringing? No, all right, let's just move on. Um, So what about audio? While he's transitioning, I'm right now obsessed with Alexa skills, you know, Google Home, podcasts, just the fact that I believe that audio and sound Mm -hmm. um, is saving people time. Yes. um, Because you can consume it. Yep. So where have you been on that? Have you been looking at that at all? Like, what's your relationship right now with the current state of audio? I think I, I think is audio Javon? is big. Hello. Why? Hello. Javon. Excuse me. You, uh, you call me people. Yes, this is Gary Vaynerchuk from the Ask Gary V Show. I called you. Oh yes. Uh, are, are you? Would you like me to call you? Was that part of the plan? You gave us like, your phone number. What plan? Uh, what? I'm sorry. Hello? Yes. Hey, this is Gary Vaynerchuk from the Ask Gary V Show. Yes. Uh, Where are you calling from? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, call, I'm calling from the Ask Gary V Show. My name is Gary Vaynerchuk. Did you put your phone yes. number on my live stream so we would call you? Oh, we, we put our number on where? On Facebook. On Facebook. Is that true or is it the wrong number? I think it's the wrong number. No problem. I hope you have a wonderful yeah, day. Right. Yeah, we have the tourists here. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No Wait, worries. tourists where? What? Where are you? <laughs> we are in LA. Very nice. Well, I hope you have a wonderful yes. time. Sorry to inconvenience yes. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right. No, I think I think audio I think audio is huge because it's one of the unlike video and unlike reading you can do another thing while Which you do huge, it. Which is huge, right? Mm-hmm. And as we have become those humans, yes. we are more and more attracted to. Yes, and also it's it's long form for the most part, and I think one. My, my first book was sort of an expose of, of how toxic some Which of the media one? trust me I'm lying was an expose of some of the problems in the media system and I think one of the reasons that podcasts are so good and audiobooks are so good is that they're not subject to the 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 Darwinian economics of viralness right podcasts don't go viral that's right in, unless it's some amazing it, world but for the most part you're not reverse engineering a headline to create virality regardless of the depth of the content underneath it yeah it's either just a long conversation or it's yep. a deep dive into yep. a subject you start up is 10 episodes yep. of an hour long it's a 10 hour down. series yeah so it's been it's so much higher quality than most of the crap on the internet and I think that's huge. Do you believe in the current state of the internet, the best quality rises to the top? No, of course not. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think look, I think uh, there's that Martin Luther King line where the arc of history is long as it bend, and it bends towards truth. Yes. At the end of the day, yes, great stuff sure, eventually finds its audience. But there are many, many amazing yep. things that are not being seen over a lot of crap. Hey, it's Gary Vee. You're on the Ask Gary Vee Show with Ryan Holiday. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Gary? How's it going? Hey. Doing well, man. Who's this? Doing well. This is Kylan DeYoung over in Los Angeles. Uh, I was over at the Shoe Palace thing in Melrose, actually. That's awesome, Kylan. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming out. What's your question? Uh, my question is, if you're still developing a business, like in the sense of, because I work full-time at a marketing agency, which I love, have a lot of fun here. I think we're actually going to do some partnerships with VaynerMedia. Some of us have some meetings over there, but... On the side, I've been building uh, some 
uh, a tech company to help small businesses save money, been building a personal brand for creating content, kind of no exact direction on what type of business. Like, I don't know what it is I want to go 100% in on, what it is I want that's going to be like the main focus. So how do you, during that time, do you still build like a personal brand? Like, like should I have a vlog? I know you talk a lot about making a vlog. I know you guys talk a lot about building up your own content. Is that something that I should be doing even though I don't know what's the exact direction I want to go? Yeah, so I'll let Ryan answer from his perspective because it's going to be an interesting one. You know, um, as long as you're hearing me loud and clear when I talk about documenting versus creating, the thing that I'm so worried about in this whole personal brand thing is it gets real ugly real fast because people lie, right? Because you start faking it till you make it and you start fronting. And the reason I'm so happy that I had that meeting with that kid and it caught some wind and gave me clarity around this documenting versus creating, like I was a very different guy in a lot of ways when I was 22, 23 starting Wine Library, and but in a lot of ways I was a super similar guy, right, Eric? And so, so like I couldn't speak to a lot of the accomplishments I had because I hadn't achieved them yet, but fuck man, I had plenty of bravado and it was fun, it would have been fun to be able to call those shots back in the day. Um, it would have been cool to see that meeting that Eric and I had with David Karp at Tumblr, you know, in our office, like, you know, I, I guess, Back, it's funny that what Ryan was saying right before he called, my big thing is the truth, right? Like, you can build your personal brand, AKA your reputation, you can hack with creating content. I'm just worried that people, when they think personal brand, start calling themselves like the seven figure expert, or like, I feel like everybody turns into WWF and has to become a character, not their actual person. So, I, I yeah, I'm a fan of it, because I think it leads to opportunity. I think like it's a, it's a living, breathing resume at scale that has huge upside, one piece of content away from changing your life. As long as you're patient and realize nobody gives a fuck for the first two, three, four, five years, depending on how interesting you are and what you're producing. And it has a, a lot of people, I mean, the most of the market is producing stuff that nobody wants to watch. Ryan? Yeah, so I'll tell, I'll tell a quick story. In the late 1920s, 1930s, Winston Churchill is basically driven from pro- political life in Britain, right? He'd worked his way all the way up to the top, one of the most important people in Britain, and he's driven out from politics. He's, he still holds a, a small office, but he's, he's driven out. And what does he do? He turns to radio and writing articles. He writes hundreds of articles. He gives international radio broadcasts. He's actually at this time more famous in America than he is in his own his home country. Uh, he writes books. He writes this epic series about the First World War and about the, the, the history of the English language and all these things. And he builds a, a, a huge platform. He becomes a media company himself. Basically, yes. Yeah. And he's publishing in Ladies Home Journal in the United States. And he... Everywhere and anywhere that will take him. And he builds And he reverse up. engineers the content for the context of the place? Yes, about all the... He becomes a famous person who has a platform. And so... He, and he begins to warn about the threat of Nazism and Hitler, which uh, people in uh, the, the British leadership was ignoring. And so finally, when they woke up and they realized we've been appeasing Hitler for all this time, and we've not been taking this seriously. And they said, and the people wanted the person to replace them to solve this problem that they'd avoided for so long. Winston Churchill was the name on everyone's lips, right? And he had he had the, the world's ear to communicate that message. And so, so it's never too late or too early to start building your platform, and you have to do it. You know, uh, Ryan just much more articulately explained the way I talk about being historically correct, 
the big reason I have so much passion right now of documenting everything I'm doing is because historically, I've been right about a lot of stuff and those are missed opportunities for me and I've been wrong. Eric remembers when I thought video email would rule the world, but I like being wrong too. You know, to me what was refined at 41 year old Gary that 25 year old Gary didn't have is I try not to predict as much. What Winston Churchill didn't make up, um, he wasn't Nostradamus, he wasn't like a man named Hitler is gonna come, like he wasn't doing that weird thing. He was just watching and social commentating in real time. That's what I've evolved into. Instead of predicting that video email's gonna win, I just recognize that voice is working, that podcast consumption is on, it's just being first, faster, and making a bet in the early indicators instead of guessing. And so I think that's what you're speaking to. And going directly to the people building an audience. You know, people people think like, oh, when I have my company or I write my book or I make my YouTube channel or start my podcast, that's what will get me the audience. It's, it's so be crazy. The other way I don't give a shit what Drake has to say now. I would watch every minute of the three years before he became Drake. All of it. I would consume all of it. Show me the day before it happened. And then you realize it's not a day. The biggest reason I'm doing Daily V is because guys, YouTube, it's not a day before, it's the whole thing. It's just a volume of work that shows you it wasn't a moment, it was the whole fucking thing, the whole process. And so, no man, I don't think it's too early as long as you're not full of shit. And so as long as your content is, I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, or today I ate a banana, or it's really cool today that, like everybody in this room and everybody watching right now and everybody on YouTube could have gave their two cents the day Instagram copied all of Snapchat's features a year ago. It would just be fun to see what everybody thought. How do they feel? How did your mind change? Like, that's just interesting fodder, and if you find out that eventually you're right at social commentating, to Ryan's point, you're the name on everybody's lips. Yeah, and I, I would say also your point about documenting. Um, my friend Austin Cleon, he's a great writer and artist. He says, you know, you can't, uh, it's not a, p- too many people want to uh, be the noun without doing the verb, right? So you got to do, you got to do the work. It's about showing the work that you're doing, not talking about what that work's got you or per- I, I hate fake it till you make it. It's not, no, you shouldn't have to fake it till you make it. You should be showing a, showing yourself making it, right? That's I mean, interesting. You know, and then you have a huge audience like me. I prefer the climb, not the finish line. I don't like the world championship. I am disgusted when the Yankees and Rangers finally win and focus completely on the Jets. Like, I'm thrilled. You don't understand how excited I am for this shit season. I cannot wait to go there every Sunday and get our faces beaten in because I want to sit there lonely because it's going to be a half-empty stadium and I'm going to watch and I'm going to look at everybody's fucking face and I'm going to look and then five, seven, nine years later when those seats are filled with new faces, I'm going to be like, you weren't fucking here. But Rick was. And I love that process. And I think way too many people want to be the thing and not realizing the thing that attracts us to each other is the vulnerabilities and the, and the, the humility and the process, not the end result. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if you think about hip hop, do you know why I love hip hop? Once you're a star, you're only writing about how you got there. Like, what are you even talking about? All you're ever talking, like, 
Notice what comes out of my mouth. The first time, everybody who's a fan of mine does not watch the first nine minutes of any of my keynotes because I have to drill home. I was born in fucking Belarus. There was a studio apartment. There's a fucking lemonade stand. There's baseball cards. Like everybody knows it because it's my favorite part and people don't realize you're so lucky that you now live in a world. Fuck man, if I had this, Ryan. You know how fucking awesome this would have been making videos in my dorm room at fucking Mount Ida College with all these fucking losers around me and me just making videos like, I know it looks bad now. But it's gonna get fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Like, you know, like, and, and, and that's it. And so like, to, I, I love, Javon, I hope we're answering, I mean, I think we're nerding out with each other a little bit. I think we forgot you're here, but I hope this is bringing no. you, I hope this is bringing you value and kind of the essence and energy that we're bringing to the conversation. And you gotta love that, no. you gotta love that process, right? Uh, you gotta love it more. Like, when I have a book come, when I have a book come out, the day, almost, on my last four books, when the day the book came out, I was working on the next one because there's pleasure in me sitting there with the page and moving things around and watching the Amazon rank or the reviews. All that makes me uncomfortable and, and, and it's out of my control. The work is always in my control. I can make it good. I can't make people do anything. Yeah, and so for me, like, it's so interesting. Like, I get super excited when I have an idea for a book. And then, uh, cause I don't actually write, I have a ghostwriter, I have a different process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, as you can imagine, opening, like when I start selling it, which is usually three months before it comes out, and then opening day, like to me, that's what I get excited about. Right. I I secretly think I can make people do what I, no, but I mean, no. I, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm- Nick Saban you know? wins a national championship, he walks, he celebrates on the field and he walks into the locker room and he's thinking about next season. And I that's, get it. I get it too. I hate winning. I really do, I really, I don't think people realize how much I mean that. I like the process over everything and, uh, and I. But that, and that's what made you good at the process. It, it, it's an adaptive mechanism, right? Because you love the process, that's where you spend all your time and energy and you, it's, it feels comfortable and you're at home in it. And the winning, even if you're winning a lot, winning is rare, right? Like even if you're winning all the time, it's every couple months, every sure. couple weeks, but every day I'm, sitting down on my computer, I have my routine and my ritual, yeah. so that's what I love. Javon, what did you get out of this? Are you talking to me? I'm Hell it's yeah. a quiz, man. Yeah, what did you get out of oh, this oh. little rant? Uh, so what I got, what I'm getting out of it is that while you're building, even if you don't know exactly what is the business endeavor, entrepreneurial endeavor that you're going to build, you can document your own personal journey of finding that. By So as long as you're being honest about everything, you're not spinning out bullshit and just, the fake it till you make it and just really like, hey, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing. We're trying this right now to see if this works and if this is a model that we can really get behind. If I'm working with somebody or myself that I'm really interested in, that, that's what I'm pushing. And then once you build that, then I'm gonna, then I would start building like, you know, maybe that a company would get their own social media. Javon, that's exactly right in a lot of ways. And just how many views do you think if there was video of Zuck's launching Facebook that day and the conversation that him and those four or five homies had in their dorm room of like what they, like how many views do you think that would have? Like, millions. like I mean like gadrillions bro, fuck millions. Like you know like, and so that to me is super interesting and I think that that's what your generation and all you characters have and don't waste it because you're gonna be really pissed you didn't document it. Can I say one thing about I, platform? You can really say fast? two things. All right, so. Uh, 2009, I, I decided I wanted to be a writer. My first book didn't come out for three, four years after that. Uh, 
And I, I knew writers have email lists, right? That's how you tell people you're launching a book. But why would anyone subscribe to an email list from a person they've never heard of, right? And so I thought, yeah. how do I get people who like books on an email list? And so I said, I'm going to recommend books that I like. And my first email went out to 50 people. It was so small I could just copy them into, into the, the BCC. BCC. Yes. That, and then that's how Wine Library's entire email yeah. list was for yeah. years. And then you find, oh wait, Gmail caps it at a certain number. It's like that 500. That was devastating. Then, then I had to open or it create block multiple. you from your I was, account. I yeah. was creating multiple. So then I, you know, then I opened like a Mailchimp account or something, and I, I'm at ConvertKit now. But that list is now 85,000 people. And the way I monitor, I just recommend one email a month, just books. And I've monetized it because I've sent six emails to that list of my own, where the book I'm announcing that month is my own book. Right. And so, so you wait, can, you, one of the months when you recommend books, here's is, a good book. Here's a good book. Like I like the guy who wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it'll be funny because people will go like, I had no idea you were, they've been subscribed for years and they'll be like, I had no idea you were a writer. I have a great idea for your January 30th, 2018 recommended book. It's called crushing it. It's a follow up to a book that did very well. We'll talk done, about it later. Done. Done. And no, 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 definitely not done because one thing, you know, what's funny about you and this is pro, you know, it's so fun. You know, I don't meet a lot of people that I have common friends with and knew by reputation, but met them kind of late. Like it's funny that it took a while for us to cross paths. The level of, like, I know it's not done because it makes me so happy for you. It's the, it's called respect that if you don't like it, it's not done, even though we may like each other. It's that's why, that's right. It's why, if you notice the five or six times I've ever given a quote to somebody's book, it never says anything about the book because I don't have time to read it and Just I don't read and I can't read. That's right. It says, Amy's wonderful, right? It says that. It will never say like, this book made me think. That's a good hack though. If you're ever writing a book and you're asking for blurbs, ask them to blurb you because you can use the blurb for more than just your book. It's true. Amy is wonderful. Works on everything. Jay, um, thanks so much for calling, brother. Good luck. No, guys. Thanks so much. For I remember how we met the first time. I was walking down the street in Austin. South for by. We bumped into each other. I said, hey, Gary, what's going on? You said, nothing, just crushing it. And I said, <laughs> Sounds about right. And, uh, and crushing it just came out. And I was like, that's a man who knows how to brand. <laughs> I really enjoyed when we hung more officially yes. in Austin. I'm glad we're, I was really looking forward to having you on the show, man. And I highly, listen, you guys know me pretty well. Like, you can see I'm buddy-buddy with a lot of people, and I like a lot of people. The list gets a lot shorter when you, when you ask me, like, who do I think is good? My good list is a hell, I like everybody, weirdly. Who do I think is good is a very short list, and I think you're really good at what you do, man. Thank you, man. For real. Cool, one last one. Man, that list is very, like, right? Like, when we're off camera, we really, we think everyone sucks. Pretty, like, really sucks. Like, Seth Curry oh, one Josh. sucks. Josh, Gary V, Ask Gary V Show, you're on with Ryan, how are you? Gary, what is up? I'm good. How you doing? How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. Where are you from? What's your question? I am from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I'll get right into it. My question, I have a baseball subscription box company. It's called Plate Crate. Um, Plate Crate. I'm teetering Plate Crate. Um, so I, I do uh, monthly box baseball gear, training, and accessories. I got about 600 monthly customers. We're growing pretty rapidly. Real quick, I apologize uh, I to cut you off. Real quick, hold on. You have, a, you have a box of the month business that has baseball stuff in it? I know I'm simplifying it. Yep, no, Keep that's going. exactly what it is. Keep for going. Base, baseball players, not fans. I see, um, for players. I, uh, high school player. Yep. I, I assume non-professional players, right? L little league all the way up to professional. We have a couple pro guys as well, not in the MLB, but in minor league. I love it. Keep going. Um, 
Yeah, so basically we're doing Facebook ads. We do a ton on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I just got into my affiliate program, but my affiliate program, I only give about 7 to $10 commissions, so not super enticing for influencers. I was wondering how I could get around that hurdle. Well, you could give them much more. What's yeah. a customer <laughs> worth? I bet a, your customer, uh, the lifetime value of your customer has got to be way more than 6 or $7, but, but right? Because he's new, he doesn't no, know it's how a, the it's LTV about four, plays out yet, it's, right? It's about, four and a, it's about four and a half months LTV. Um, so it's worth more than that. Um, cost of goods about half. So what are you just, so what are you usually, just, what are you just greedy or? No, I'm not greedy. I did like a, a tiered system. I could give more away. I just didn't know how to structure it since I've never done uh, an affiliate program before. So I looked it's, up, it was it's, about it's 20, 20 to 30%. It's really funny though. I want every single person listening to this podcast to rewind this. There was something I tweeted the other day, kind of just like, I've been on this kick lately of just saying stuff very generally, just for my own happiness. And I said, it was after a meeting where somebody was clearly not passionate about their product and they were trying to sell me. And I tweeted something like, you know, selling isn't scary. A lot of people are scared to sell. It's selling something you don't believe in is scary. If everybody rewinds your, the way you talked about your affiliate program just now was like, yeah. you shit on it before you even finish the fourth word out of your mouth. And okay. I, th I think it's a really interesting insight, right? Of course it has no yeah. prayer. You thought the affiliate program was dog shit for the person. And then so like, you know it's, it's like, yeah, it's a really interesting, yeah. way, like, bro, I'm telling you, even for yourself, my man, you need to go back and yeah. listen to how you said it. It was crazy. You hedged yeah. the living shit out of it. Like, hey, hey guys, real quick, <laughs> this really sucks yeah. shit, but give me an answer. That in itself yeah. is the insight. The thing that okay. always, works for me and why I think I'm a good salesman is boy, do I believe in my shit. And if I don't, okay. I just don't sell it. And so like, you're, yeah. you, you've like, what's the number that you think is really worth it to them? Like when do you, mm -hmm. when do you feel emphatic about DMing every Little League baseball coach on earth? Like when do you get pumped? Like what do you think the good deal is? And more importantly, yeah. if you, why can't you make that the deal if you think that's mm -hmm. the good deal? Is it financial? What is it? And, and I would say the mm -hmm. deal the deal should be so good that it's a little scary to you, right? That the number feels okay. a little scary. And I would say a couple yeah. more things on affiliate programs. So one, it's gotta be both directions, right? So yeah. what are you mm -hmm. giving them as the commission? And then what are they offering their people, right? So it's not like, I'm not, yeah. gonna, I, I'm not gonna get up and go, hey, I'm gonna sell this because I know I'm taking some money off the back end. I wanna be able to go to, to my people, my fans, and and give them something. You look like Wealthfront, I think, mm -hmm. has one of the best affiliate programs. It's really good. It's mm -hmm. they manage money for free, but for both parties, right? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and and uh and then and then remember, like I, I see this, I, I, I do this in one of my talks where I got this letter from uh from like my mortgage company and they're like, hey, we really appreciate referrals. Give us referrals. And I was like, I'm sure you do appreciate referrals. <laughs> it's free it's free business, right? Yeah. So pay pay me, right? Like right. if you if you want you're asking people to spend their social capital recommending yep. your for-profit service. Let me throw another one, mm -hmm. mainly because I respect Ryan, and I'm actually doing this selfishly because I want to see what his reaction is because I think he'll be able to add on it. Or you go completely the other way. Sure. Right? So mm -hmm. I think of things in brand and sales, transactional, micro, and macro brand building. Maybe you go completely the other way and go, you know, like to me, a lot of times it's like, don't ask for anything ever and just obliviate everybody with like value, 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 right? Sure. Like what mm -hmm. if you made the best baseball training videos of all, like free, like, like that's where you act like a media company, right? 
and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and so like there's a lot of ways to go about it but the one thing to never do is be half pregnant and like that's where okay. you're stuck right now to Ryan's point let me tell you something amazing about controlling shit you can make it what was the affiliate program again seven to ten dollars yeah seven to ten dollars and how much is it a month it's thirty seven dollars a month right give them thirty seven dollars right let okay. me let me yeah. tell you let me tell you why mm-hmm. because if you ask 29 people and they all say yes because they're like holy shit I'm getting as much as he's getting in full sales I have great news after they all say yes you can stop giving that out yeah. Like you're in control of your shit. Right. Like, I don't know, put in the fine print that it's like one day, you know, cancellation to the, like, like what people don't get is to Ryan's point, it's funny, it made me think about free shipping. Like, you know, again, I just love pointing to Eric because these are the stories lost in history. When we did free shipping, there was no, like, that's not what happened. Like, yeah. it was like, we lost, our, like, we were scared fuckless. We're like, whoa, we're gonna like, you know, unlimited free shipping. Like, what if they buy Kendall Jackson? That's dead cost. You know, we lose money on the credit card transaction, let alone the fucking, but like the good news was it expired. It was a one day thing. Like it could only put us out of business so much. And you know, I I don't know what you have in the bank and what your situation is, but to Ryan's point, if you make yourself uncomfortable, if it goes too well, you can stop it. Right. Well, no, it's funny too. Like businesses are willing to lose money on all sorts of things, right? They're willing to lose money on advertise. Like, hey, this billboard costs fifty thousand dollars. So, but it's a good, it's good for brand building, whatever. And then if I said, okay, but what if we gave fifty thousand dollars worth of product away to people? They'd be like, ah, I don't know. And it's like, though mm-hmm. the product is the best advertising. If, if at the end, yeah. if you spend fifty thousand dollars on a billboard and maybe you get some customers out of it, versus you give fifty thousand dollars worth of product away, at least you have fifty thousand dollars worth of people using your shit and if it's good yeah. you'll get word of mouth. Ryan there was this delicious product coming out from one of my clients. Delicious. Like I'm I like everybody liked it. All yeah. creeds and and I told them instead of spending $24 million on media and marketing to give away $24 million worth of product and they just couldn't wrap their head around it. No and I mean, it would have yeah. worked. I mean, look, pub- sampling works. Pu- publishers want to try to charge media outlets for, you know, first serial rights on a book. That's the yeah. excerpt. It's like, are you out of your mind? Give as much of the book away as humanly possible. And if it's good, people will give the book to other people. How, who's going to buy a book that they know nothing about that they haven't gotten to try, right? And so you, if your shit is good, the more of it you give away, the more customers you'll have. I love it. Does that put you in the macro mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do that right now, right when we get off the phone. You better tweet <laughs> us and tell us what out. happened. Love you. See ya. Bye. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. What uh, What parting, I mean, you've got so much wisdom. What parting wisdoms for, you know, so many entrepreneurs listening, all shapes and sizes. I think we, I think this, I think this is going to be a very popular episode. We got into like some details, which I think is going to be very healthy for my audience because, uh, boy, do I love to be in the macro. Uh what, what, like, one other, two other tidbits, like, sit on your chest on the theme of this episode? Anything stand out? I know you got a lot of different things that you believe in. Like, anything that we haven't covered that you think can be a nugget for somebody? Want to take a sharp right turn and talk uh, You're Gonna Die, Memento Mori? 100%. I, th- I think uh, I carry in my pocket every day I carry a coin that just says Memento Mori, which is Latin. It means uh, remember your death, right? And on the back, there's a quote from Marcus Aurelius, the, the Stoic, and he, he, he wrote to himself, he said, you could leave life right now, that should, let that determine what you do and say and think. So this could be the last, the last show I'm on in my life, this could be the last city I'm on in my life, this could be the last book I ever write, 
you know, the, the last time I talked to my wife could be the last time. And, and you got to let that determine, you got to let that shape. Death should, the thought of your mortality and death in and not in a depressing way should shadow everything that you do because it's the only way to make sure you do it right. Boy, do I talk of death, about death a lot, right? Right? It's up there. Yeah, I mean, I talk, I mean, I, the funeral, like, oh, yeah, sure. I believe in it the most, as you can probably know a little bit. Like, I love, I'm glad you brought that up. No, your three words, you're going to die. Yeah. That should, that should let you cut out bullshit. That should let you uh, decide how you're going to treat other people and let yourself be treated. And it should determine the quality of the work that you're going to do. This happens to everybody in a micro. It's called when police lights go on behind you, you're scared shitless, you change your behavior, then the car drives by you, Right. And then for like three minutes, you're like, okay, I'm going to go 55 now. And then, you know, four minutes later, you're going 73 again. Right. And that's how I think people do it in life. Like something bad happens, they hear something, they see something, and they're like, oh shit, I'm going to live under the mindset of you're going to die. Like, yeah, they've seen my thing, it hit them for a day. Well, it's like uh, you hear about a friend who has cancer and you think like, what would I do if I had cancer? Yeah. I'd blah, blah. You do have cancer. You're going to fucking die. <laughs> yes, you I do agree. have cancer. You just don't. You just don't. First off, because lots of people do get cancer. So there's a real chance. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, cells are ar- the cells are already in your yep. body, right? Yep. But like you do have a fatal diagnosis from a doctor. He just can't tell you if it's six months or 60 years. But yep. you are definitely 100% going to die. And it could be tomorrow. So what are you going to do with that information? I believe in it the most, my man. Yeah. All right, question of the day. Okay. Every guest gets to ask the question of the day. You'll get a lot of answers, thousands across Facebook and YouTube most likely. This is a good opportunity for you to do a little, you know, uh, focus group or okay. or or whatever the hell you like Can asking. I ask you, so I'm supposed to ask a question? To the audience, oh, yes. The but audience. you're more than welcome to ask me a single question I was going to ask you, you a want. question. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So, and then you can ask the question of the day. So I, I love writing and books and all of that. And it's what I, it's what gets me up in the morning. And one of the things I wrestle with when I watch your stuff and I see just the immense amount of people you're reaching is I see video and social and all this stuff. And I, I ask myself, on the one hand, I didn't become a writer to go do those things, right? Yes. All those things come at the cost of my craft. But on the other hand, am I being closed mind? Like, how could someone like me get you into put, video? You, you put that form of communication in that context on a pedestal because of the narrative you painted yourself early on. Sure. The end. Okay. You know, like, I get it. Like, I think about it too. Like, it's funny how the world goes in your favor when you just realize what's the point. I think what's special about you for me is I actually think you have something to say. It's interesting. I've spent some time with you now, a second time, a little meaningless. It's always fucking strong. And look, you may be, and let me phrase, you are great at communicating those things in your way. Yeah. And that still may be your way. I, for example, can't put three sentences together, but I know that people like to read books, sure. right? right? And so for me, I hack the system. For me, it's a ghostwriter. For me, it's trying to really be smart about my process. Like, And I'm able to write a book in my voice because every word is dissected. Every It's all recorded, right? Grammar and structure yeah. is put around to help me. But I don't, put the medium on a platform, right. I put the message on a platform, and sure. then I figure out how to hack, whether audio, video, or written word, how to get it out there, because I feel in my heart, and this is what I get from you, that I'm really trying to bring value. I love the narcissistic and selfish aspects of it, but I'm way more fascinated by the legacy and noble altruistic aspects of it, which then gives me the humility 
to deploy it in any shape or form. You may not be as great at video in front of a camera, but you can absolutely work with somebody who takes words and sentences and makes it into an animation. Like you could create a billion dollar IP business of the cartoon version of yourself. Like there's so many ways to do it. Video consumption is real. Yeah. Audio consumption is real. Right. Your voice is too powerful not to find its way into those mediums. No, I should hack this, the way that you, if you don't feel books are natural, you find a way to get it done. Correct. I need to do that on the other mediums that at aren't least natural my, to at me. At least my point of view. Because, no, no, that's because my, my I advice think, I'm looking for. Because I think the romance of the medium I'm empathetic to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but why not let more people be affected by it? No, you're, you're totally right. And then it becomes a gateway to those things. Sure, sure. I mean, you'll have a lot more book right. consumption yeah. if people have the video consumption because that's what they're doing. You're totally right. All right, this question of the day to the audience. Uh, what's a book that changed your life that I should read? I'll get lots of answers, and I'll, I'll try to read as many of them as I can. I believe you, my yeah. man. Thanks. Such a pleasure. Yeah. Really enjoyed this. You keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. Guys, thanks for listening to the audio experience. Two things. One, make sure you're watching my vlog on YouTube. And two, hit me up on the DM. It's going down on DM.